0: Back in June, USC was a top five recruiting destination. They've turned into a ghost town since then. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you want to download your podcast, we're free. I appreciate your support. I want to tell you that every time we come on. Show your appreciation. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And when you see that thumbs up, hit it, smash it. And I do not ever want you to miss one episode, Monday through Friday. Hit that bell notification button, and you're taken care of. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. Now, maybe it's just me, but it kind of feels like USC's coaching staff kind of whistling past the recruiting graveyard. It's been a while since uh, USC's had any type of commitment. Like I mentioned at the very top, the lead in June, USC was a top destination. They had a top five recruiting class. Everybody was jumping on board, getting their spot. Since then, the commitment and things have just kind of slowed down. Linebacker is kind of one of those areas that USC's recruiting has been hard to gauge. I love Coach Brian Odom. I love watching him coach. love the way he the way he interacts with the media. Well, when we get the chance to interact with him. And I think what he's done with his unit, you've seen you, you're seeing development. But so far, as far as the recruiting goes, at the high school level, it's been pretty much tacky Curtis. That's it three of USC's top linebackers that are on the roster right now, uh, they arrived via the transfer portal. Shane Lee and Eric Gentry came back came out in 2022 during the offseason, Mason Cobb decided to join USC, leaving Oklahoma State as their you know top guy, one of the top you know tacklers in the country. So those three, along with uh, you know the high school recruits Ray John Davis and Taka Curtis. That's pretty much your 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 linebacking core. We've seen Chris Thompson Jr. get in the games early in the season. We'll see if uh, he can uh, maintain part of that rotation as the season goes on. But those five, uh, I, I think, are going to see most of the action. USC's gift, uh, USC's victory over Stanford uh, last week was a perfect birthday gift. I survived another one. However, uh, I was kind of hoping for a little cherry on top. But uh, Chris Cole, the linebacker from Virginia, he chose Georgia over USC that same weekend. And that kind of sucked. I mean, it was to be expected, but still. You're kind of hoping that, uh, that, they, uh, that USC could pull a rabbit out of their hat and, and get one of the top linebackers in the country to choose them over Georgia. Especially, you know, coming on the heels, although it was, what, two months ago uh, when Kingston Vili Amuasa from St. John Bosco chose Notre Dame over USC. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe USC's recruiting momentum will change, you know, if not this weekend, soon thereafter. How's that? I'm going to ask a question. Should USC anticipate a verbal commitment from Jalen Harvey, or will the Quince Orchard product stay closer to home and select either Penn State or Maryland? Jalen is one of the uh, top outside linebacker slash Russian prospects on USC's uh, big recruiting board. He hasn't set a date as of yet. Uh, He's still supposed to visit Penn State uh, next weekend. And then he's going to make an announcement soon thereafter. As of right now, today, uh, a lot of people actually believe that the Trojans might be the leader, which is interesting because Penn State is literally in his backyard. And they were were considered the leaders early in the process. So they're going to get a chance to kind of close the deal if they're getting the last visit before Jalen decides to make his choice. For all we know, Jalen's made his choice. Maybe he doesn't even take the trip. We'll find out. During the week, one of the advantages um, that USC's coaching staff is going to be able to, to kind of take advantage of. One of the benefits, I should say, that they're going to take advantage of during the bye week is that they get the the coaching staff gets to hit the road and go watch some of their prospects play in. In actual games. Now, just to kind of let everybody understand how this works when the uh, when the coaching staff goes to visit uh, high schools and those those prospects are playing games, they can't walk up to them and say, hey, I'm here, shake your hand. you know how's things going? yada, yada, yada. no. Uh, they're there to kind of just analyze, see what's going on. So this is where some of the coaches, some of the uh, USc's coaches, where they will be, this weekend and the upcoming week. So you've got Roy Manning, uh, who coaches the Russians, outside linebackers. Uh, He's going to be back east. He's checking in on verbal commit Eli Newby out there in Connecticut. And he's also checking in on the aforementioned Jalen Harvey, both have games this weekend. Jalen, I believe, is on Thursday and then Newby on Friday, or you can flip it around. Either way, Roy Manning will be at both of those games. Um, and the reason why I see, keep saying, you know, these guys play linebacker in high school. Well, you play, if you're playing outside linebacker in high school, that means you're going to be playing rush end, or that's where they project you to play uh, if you want to come to USC and play in Alex Grinch's defensive system. So here's the question Well, USC has been, I guess we'll call it slightly more successful recruiting the outside linebacker role. You know that Russian position, the interior linebackers. That's where they've been a little thin, uh, at least through the recruiting ranks. But it's still early, so you know signing day is not until December. Maybe uh, these guys who are making their verbal commitments decide to look at USC's record, and say, "Oh, they're twelve and zero, in the playoffs." Oh, they're thirteen and zero, and going to the playoffs. Maybe that's maybe LA is the place to be. Despite not having as much success uh, recruiting the interior linebackers, interior linebackers out of high school, this fact remains. USC has literally had more success building their roster, at least on the defensive side of the ball, through that transfer portal. So what should we take from that? You know, the narrative is no, you know, high school, the high school recruits, they don't want to play for Alex Grinch and his system. And I know, I, I know, I'm already setting up myself for the comments in the in in the comments on the in on the YouTube channel. I look forward to them every day. But uh, yeah, you know, it's the it's the scheme. That's why the recruits don't want to play and get rid of Alex Grinch. You know, that type of stuff keeps coming every day. Wash, rinse, repeat. Check it out. You'll see it as well. And you know what? That may very well be true. It might be the system. It might be Alex Grinch. So, riddle me this, why do the transfer defensive players want to play at USC in Alex Grinch's system? It can't just be for NIL opportunities. When players like Jameel Muhammad or Solomon Bird, you know, they want to step up their level of competition, leaving, you know, in Jamil's case, Georgia State, or last year, Solomon Bird, when he left Wyoming, that's an easy explanation. They, they want to step up the level of competition, see, you know, how much better they can be and get themselves ready for the NFL. But, okay, that's fine. Then explain to me Bay Alexander from Georgia or Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M. Why leave those programs after your first year and come play for some guy's system that, according to a lot of USC fans, the system sucks. And it puts his players in difficult situations. That last part I agree with, and Alex Grinch actually agrees. So let me know your thoughts on why the transfers say yay and why the recruits say nay. <coughs> um, I was talking about recruiting and where, where some of the coaching staff will be. Here, here's where some of the other assistant coaches will be spending some of their frequent flyer miles this weekend. you got Sean Nua. He's going to be checking out uh, defensive line target Jericho Johnson, who's up there in Sacramento. Uh, That's on Thursday night, so by the time you're watching this episode of Locked on USC, first thing Friday, Sean will have been out there and moved on to his next game. Uh, Now, the reason why, not the reason, but I think Jericho Johnson becomes a a higher priority now that uh, one of USC's top prospects from Southern California, Aiden Breland from modern day, he released his top three on Wednesday. Guess who missed the cut? So, in Breland, is going to be choosing between Georgia, Miami, and Oregon. Apparently, right now, USC isn't in it. Uh, Josh Henson, offensive line coach, he's going to go check out Jason Zandamella out there in Florida. And then on his way back to California, he'll stop off in Texas and see USC commit Makai Thana. And then you got Zach Hansen, tight ends coach. He's uh, he's heading out east. You know, check out Walter Matthews. So of those names I just talked about, besides Johnson, who is a high school recruit who hasn't committed for the 2024 class yet, Zandamella, uh, Makai, and, and, and Walter Matthews. Those guys are already committed, so it's kind of more just going out saying, hey, how you doing? Well, they can't say it, but more of a good welfare check just to kind of make sure the players see them standing on the sideline. Trust me. The players will know which coaches are watching. I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it again more and more. Uh, schools are going to continue to start using the transfer portal to build their roster. And they're going to cherry pick from the recruiting ranks. I think that's the formula. It, too many schools are finding success with it. USC found it, Washington found it, Colorado's doing what they're doing so far. We'll see how long that survives. So we'll see. So I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a recruiting update. It's been a while since we've talked recruiting. In our next segment, I'm going to. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how to make the buy week productive. And then in our third segment, we have got my Friday rant. But before we get to there, we got to talk about something else. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager, especially if you have your own small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and they do it for free. As easy it is to use LinkedIn to find a job, it's also just as easy to create a free job posting on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you've added, uh, once you add your job listing, you're then going to add that to your. Uh, you're going to take that purple hashtag hiring frame, and you're going to add it to your own LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. LinkedIn is going to provide you simple tools like screening questions, and that makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Recruiting the right person for your team means a better product. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com forward slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The college football season is here and this season locked on is kicking up our coverage. Each Friday locked on will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every locked on college YouTube channel. And Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football implications the conference rivalry games. And they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. I got a question. I always have a question. But this show is interactive. I want your feedback. I want your comments. So I have a question. Did USC's bye week, did it come at a good time? USC, they opened the season 3-0. Is this the right time for USC to take a break? I mean, if you want this week off to get certain players healthier for the team's first row test, your answer is probably, yeah, good time. Let's take the bye week right now. I'm thinking guys like, you know, Eric Gentry, Mason Cobb, and Jacoby Covington. They probably don't mind. Uh, You've got guys who are battling for rotation minutes. You know, reps. They probably wouldn't mind this extra week as well. Uh, And I'm thinking about the offensive line specifically. If you're a fan of the way the offense is rolling right now, um, your answer is probably no. Let's Let's just keep going. Or you're probably saying, you know what, who cares? They'll pick up right where they left off when they get to Tempe next week. I kind of lean to that side. What if you're Alex Grinch and his group of players on defense? Then your answer is probably no. And let's just keep this thing going. We're just getting better each game we go out there. Why stop now? I'm with the defense. Let's find someone for USC to play and keep working on getting better. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I just don't think it's a good time for USC to take a bye right now. The, U- the, the offense is literally doing what they want, how they want, when they want. And I'm seeing a lot of progress by the defense. They're getting better every, well, each game. <laughs> You know, they gave up 28 points to San Jose State against a mobile quarterback right out of the chute, sixth year quarterback. He's seen a lot of football. Then they played Nevada. They only gave up 14 points where they scored 66. Last week, they kicked Stanford to the curb 56 to 10. Yeah, let's keep it going. (laughs) Also, because I'm. of getting tired of all the Deion Sanders love a that's been going on, that's another reason why I want USC to play this week so they could have so they can steal some of that shine. Look, that game's still a few weeks away, we'll get, we'll, we'll get there soon enough. Since USC is forced not to play, the bye week, um, this week is going to be used by Lincoln Riley to clean stuff up, especially with the penalties. Talked about it a little bit during this uh during this week. He wants to make sure his team stays grounded as well. Just to make sure they're not reading too many of the uh too many of their press clippings, checking out social media too much. Like I like I said, this week I've mentioned how Riley is trying to crack down on the careless penalties. That is, you know, apparently they had what eight, I think, in the last game. But one thing you need to know about Lincoln Riley. He does not anticipate a penalty-free game from his guys, nor does he want one. I yeah, never thought you'd hear a coach say that, but he, he has his rationale behind it. He wants his guys to continue to play and stay aggressive. So he was asked to compare, you know, the careless versus the aggressive type of penalties. Quote, it's a pretty easy line to draw. There's no room for it. We had too many of those the other night. That can't happen. Good teams don't do that. Good players don't get dumb penalties. The USC committed eight unforced penalties against Stanford. They had, two holding penalties, they had two holding penalties that took touchdowns off the board. They had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that cost the Trojans field position after a turnover and came after the play was over. That's where Lincoln got his words good players don't. Get dumb penalties. Go watch the film. And then you had another holding call and a punt return that cost USC 28 yards of field possession following Zachariah Branch's 21-yard punt return. Quote, I told them, it's really simple. If we get some of the penalties like we did, those aren't going to play. There's no player that's so good that they're worth that. So we'll get it corrected. I believe this group will." There are a few players who can get away with it. The ones who are committing those penalties last Saturday, they don't fit that category. So that's how you make a bye week productive. You work on the details and the fundamentals. You You continue to work on your tackling. You work on your gap assignments. The whole team works on their communication. doesn't matter what side of the ball, offense or defense. Get your communication signals down. Let's get the offensive line solidified. Let's get healthy since we're taking the week off. And then let's go play nine straight games. You're into your season. Bye-week's over. Your next bye-week, the week before USC plays in the conference championship game. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, if you bet $5, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets, and that's guaranteed. Plus, all customers, if you bet $5, you're going to get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's kind of cool. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from the point spreads to the over-unders to player profits. There's a whole lot more. So visit fanduelcom forward slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, we're here. It's Friday. It's the third segment. You know what that means. It's time for my Friday rant. I got two things I'm going to rant about. Number one, salt and vinegar potato chips. Why? Who thought of these things? They stink to high hell, And I just don't understand. Why would anybody want to put vinegar in their mouth? Vinegar stinks. It makes me gag. My uvula, that thing in the back of your throat, It starts convulsing when I smell it. Yeah, I'm ready to heave. So someone explain this to me, please. When I'm at my tailgate, there's pretty much only one rule. Do not bring salt and vinegar potato chips. End of story. I'm bringing this up because a a group of friends that I hang out with, part of this chat group, we are talking about tailgating they know I, I hate these things. And they, they they added me in the text. It was a big bag of uh, salt and vinegar chips. So anyways, I, and I know this is going to sound kind of hypocritical because I like vinaigrette dressing on my salad. And I'll tell you what, you give me some good sourdough bread or French bread and a plate with some olive oil and some balsamic vinegar. And you give me some finely minced chopped garlic, a little bit of crushed black pepper. Leave me alone. Get out of my way because I'm in a good place. (laughs) I call that Italian butter. Now, pretty much the only thing worse than salt and vinegar potato chips is me having a bye week and having to watch a weekend full of really stinky football games. I'm keeping the same tangent. Something smelly. USC has their bye week this week, obviously, and while I was looking forward to a whole bunch of college football, and I still am, don't get me wrong, I'm just not as enthusiastic about it after I saw the slate of games that I get to, that I get to watch. At one time, you know, and it wasn't even that long ago, Florida versus Tennessee would be great, and it would be even better if Phil Fulmer and Steve Spurrier were still coaching. But it's not. Now you got Josh Bipel over there at, at Tennessee and Billy Napier's doing what he can with Florida, but Florida is really in a bad place right now. Maybe I'll watch the backyard brawl with Pitt going uh, down to West Virginia. It's usually a fun game to watch. And of course, I'll be watching a little bit of the uh Colorado, Colorado State. You know, I I'm gonna call it a traffic accident. Colorado's probably gonna win this game. Because it's personal now. Whatever. Uh, You know what? Colorado State's head coach, Jay Norville, he made a really good point. But to Deion Sanders, that's personal. I can't wait till USC makes it personal. Anyways, still a few weeks away. The Rams were actually one of my early season picks for where Colorado would find one of their early season wins. And I think what's really going on here is Deion Sanders, coach primetime, is just making sure there's more eyeballs watching this game, or at least the post-game handshake, because I don't think anybody anticipates Colorado State uh, winning this game. Never know. It's a rivalry game. We'll see what happens. I can tell you right now, the uh, number three Florida State at Boston College, that does nothing for me. I'll keep an eye on the Penn State versus Illinois game. Future Big Ten opponent. I think the game um, that I'm going to watch, though, on the Big Ten network, at least early in the morning, I'm going with uh, Clay Helton and his Georgia Southern Eagles. They're heading up to Madison, Wisconsin. As far as the, uh, the best conference in the country, the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12, these are the games that uh, I get to choose from this weekend. Utah hosts Weaver State, yawn. Oregon State is going to host San Diego State. I'm interested in this game just a little bit because USC won't face the Beavers until the Beavers get to the conference championship game where they'll face the USC. Yeah, You heard me correctly. Uh, Washington. Huskies, they're at Sparty, at Michigan State. Memo to Washington. Both programs right now are 2-0, and Washington, Michigan State. Don't embarrass us, Huskies. USC is allowing you to come to the big conference. Don't be the first team to lose. I suppose UCLA wasn't satisfied with just playing Coastal Carolina. They're looking for all small schools with the name Carolina in their name. This weekend, they host North Carolina Central. Wow. Okay. Uh, Hawaii, they're at Oregon. Wazoo hosts Northern Colorado. At this point, I'm probably going to settle into some sort of food coma and then pass out. I'll eventually wake up, um, hopefully in time, so I can watch that ASU game. They're taking on Fresno State and that'll give me a chance to kind of see what USC is going to face next Saturday night at 7.30. ASU, Fresno State, 7.30 p.m. this Saturday as well. But here's my thing. Here's where my rant is going to come to an end, and this week's show will come to an end. Once the conference realignments have settled into place, there really are no reason for any of these types of crashy early season games. I mean, Auburn, credit, you traveled out to Cal to Berkeley last weekend. You eke out the win. You're coming back home and you're taking on Samford, not Stanford, Sam Ford. One word. Why? I'm not going to complain about conference matchups. Those games, they are what they are. I mentioned the Florida, Tennessee game. However, Give me the, the top 65 power conference teams, and that's the pool to schedule from, period. End of story. So once these these the conference realignment settles down, let's just start taking those top 65, whatever, 70 teams, whatever the group is, and say, you know what? If you want to schedule out a conference, you got to pick from this group of teams. Because you know what? For every Appalachian State upset at Michigan. Those types of upsets are just too far apart from each other. They're not worth scheduling. So let's just put an end to it. Let's just move into the new model. That's the direction we're going with anyways. Getting in that 12-team playoff. Let's schedule games against teams that have a legitimate shot at making the 12-team playoff field. All right, so that's my rant. Don't eat salt and vinegar potato chips and give me better football games to watch during the bye week. I'll be back next week with another five episodes of Locked on USC. That's what we do here. That's why you keep coming back. Tell a friend. Let's get that subscription number up. Let's get those views up. I appreciate you. Thanks again. So until that next episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do.